Some scriptures are so easy to understand that we figure that we haven't quite got it. And so we then begin to overthink it and imagine that we don't understand it. But, but it's not true. We did. We understood it the first time. And I think Luke 18 is like that. Luke 18, verse 1, says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So right there, it tells you what the passage is about. So no matter what we do with this story today, we have to end there. That we should always pray and never give up. Now what follows is a story about a widow. Which in their culture, and maybe in our culture, is one of the most vulnerable, powerless people. And yet, this widow faces off against a judge, one of their most powerful figures in their culture. And this judge is a real jerk. Not only does the story say that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't fear God and he doesn't care about people, but the character proudly says it about himself during the story. Even though I don't uh, fear God and I don't care about people. And yet, this widow overcomes this judge just by being persistent. She, she gets a judgment because she annoys him so much that he wants her to stop annoying him. And so he gives her what she wants. Now, at this point is where we can overthink the passage. And we can say, well, what does that tell us about God? Does that mean that, that God is a, a cruel judge and that we have to annoy him to get what we want? And he doesn't really want to give us what we want, but he will if we annoy him enough. And, and that's all too much. That's all too much. That's going too far into the passage. Because what Jesus says, he says that if persistence can win against an evil judge, and we all know this in our time too, there have been times when powerless people have overcome powerful people just by persistently needling them to death, right? Picketing or writing letters or constantly showing up. And finally, the powerful people are like, fine, fine. Now, we know that works in our time. They knew it worked in their time. Jesus says, if you know that persistence can overcome evil people, how much more will persistence in prayer pay off with God, who actually loves you? How much more effective will persistence be with God, who actually cares about you? How much easier will persistence pay off with God, who actually hears your prayers and wants to hear your prayers? How much more will persistence pay off with God who's already promised to rescue you from the evil of this world and to redeem this world? Therefore, always pray and never give up. But we can get uh, tired. We can lose faith when when we pray to God and we pray to God and, and the justice for us doesn't come, we get tired of waiting. I was a teenager when the church was hated in America. Every night you turn on the TV and there'd be another televangelist who had collected money for an orphanage and instead built an amusement park for themselves. That, that stuff actually happened. There was, a, there was a guy who would go on TV and say if he didn't raise a certain number of millions of dollars by the end of the week, God would kill him. Um, there was uh, one who was sleeping with prostitutes. This was the nightly news when I was a kid. But I also lived to see a revival of interest in the church in the 90s. 
during the 90s, church was the place to be again. Christian bands would be on regular radio. 90% of kids went to youth group at least sometimes in the 90s. There were TV shows with Christian characters, and they weren't automatically the bad guys. Sometimes the minister was the star of the whole show. After 9-11, the owner of the adult bookstore on 7 Highway put a sign up that said, Pray for America. Everybody was in on it. But I've also lived to this day when we're kind of back where we were in the 90s and maybe a little worse with church sex abuse scandals and and best-selling books about how stupid it is to believe in God. A radio DJ a couple of months ago on my drive home said, you all can take your thoughts and prayers and shove it because thoughts and prayers don't do anything. It's harder than it seems to keep praying to God for his justice to come and his kingdom to redeem the earth when we've been waiting so long and we've lived through so many of these up and down cycles. It was 2,000 years ago Jesus told this story, which ends, Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant them justice quickly. He'll grant them justice quickly? And we're still waiting 2,000 years later? When you're in school, people are beginning to get involved in things that they shouldn't. It's hard to pray and to keep praying, God, bring me a friend who doesn't do all of this bad stuff. Meanwhile, you're tempted to become involved in it yourself, to belong. When you're in the workplace and things start going downhill, the customers are being treated badly. The employees are being treated badly. The company's being cheated by the employees. Honesty and integrity are gone. It's hard to pray and to keep praying. God, bring this company back to your ways. Provide for us. Show us that we don't have to resort to these sorts of tactics. Meanwhile, it's hard not to get involved in that hostile culture yourself because that's what everyone's doing. And in politics, it's hard to pray for our nation. Prayer doesn't seem edgy and aggressive enough. No, we want to we silence the alt-right. We want to body slam the snowflakes. We want to silence the conservatives or shut up the liberals. And all our energy is being spent there, and it's a lot of aggressive energy. Because praying to God just seems too slow. For some of you, all of your family has walked away from the church. How much longer can you last praying for their return? Some of you have been praying that God will bring you someone to love. But he hasn't. How long until you start relaxing your standards about going out drinking with someone, letting someone spend the night, to try to make a connection that way because God's way is so slow. It might be a sin within yourself. Just keep trying to fight and just keep repeating. How, much, how many more times can you pray? Whatever it is, whatever it is that challenges your persistence in prayer makes it hard to believe Jesus is ever coming back. 
He certainly has not returned quickly to set things right the way this passage seems to say. Verse 8, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? In short, we're losing our persistence in prayer and losing our faith. And yet the incarnate God in Christ Jesus gave us this story. And the church has preserved this story. Which begins, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. And then came the story of the widow and the judge. And it ends, don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant them justice quickly. Now there's another meaning to quickly. We've been talking about shortly, quickly. There's another meaning to quickly, even in English, but also in the Greek of the New Testament. In both languages, there's another meaning to quickly. Suddenly. Suddenly is another version of quickly. I tell you, he will grant justice to them suddenly. As in, you're waiting, and it may seem like nothing's happening, maybe for a long time. And then... Suddenly, quickly, it happens. No long trial, no series of continuances, no appeals. The righteous judge returns and all things are set right suddenly, quickly. And that's why Jesus then leaves us with that one question. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? When the suddenly quickly comes, where will you be found in that moment? They don't call it persistence because it's easy. They don't call it persistence because it works shortly, quickly, just add water. Persistence is hard. Persistence is a gamble. Persistence is continuing to try something that so far hasn't worked, but you believe will work if you're persistent. Jesus tells us it's a good gamble. Because our gamble is not badgering a wicked judge to death. Our persistence is remaining faithful to one who's already given his pledge of faithfulness to us. Our persistence is toward one who loves us. Our persistence is towards one who hears our prayers. Our persistence is toward one who is just and wants to give justice. Our persistence is also toward one who has the power to do all of that. Florence Chadwick in 1952 wanted to be the first woman to swim the Catalina Channel. That's a 26-mile stretch of water between uh, California coast and Catalina Island. So she got in the water that day, safety boat trolling along beside, and she began the 26-mile swim, and a fog bank rolled in. Now, for a distance swimmer, that's really bad news because you can't tell if you're getting anywhere. But she swam hour by hour. And finally, her strength gave out, and she said, I, I have to get back in the boat. They said, are you, are you sure? She said, yeah, I can't, I can't go any further. So she got into the boat, and they trolled through the fog, and that's when they learned she was 2,500 feet from the shore. 
She had swam 25 and one-half miles and stopped one-half a mile too short. Now, you can imagine for someone of Florence Chadwick's character, she's just going to try this again. So a short time later, she tries again to become the first woman to swim the Catalina Channel. She gets in the water. She starts swimming. Of course, another fog bank rolls in. But on this day, she makes it to Catalina Island. She succeeds, and everyone asks, what made this day different? And she said, when that fog came in, I just created an image of the shore in my mind. In the same way, we have to keep an image of Christ in our mind. When the fog rolls in, when the crowd at school is going the wrong way, we have to keep an image of Christ and what he calls us to in our mind. When there's dishonesty and hostility at work, we have to keep an image of Christ, who Scripture says we work for, not for men. We have to keep his image in our mind. When we see politics going to hell in a handbasket, whichever version of hell, whichever handbasket you don't like, we have to keep an image of Christ and his kingdom to come in our mind. When we're the last in the family who still prays, we have to keep the image of Christ praying with us. When we want someone to love and who will love us, we have to keep the God who loves us in our mind. When we've repeated that sin again and again, we have to keep the image of Christ. He said, Father, forgive them. Seventy times, seventy-seven times in our mind. Whatever it is that has the fog rolling in on you this morning, you have to keep an image of the shore of Christ in your mind as you pray. And know his justice may not come shortly quickly, but it will come suddenly quickly. And by the way, let's not make too much fuss over this shortly, quickly time God has given us. The scripture says he's only taking so long because he wants to give everyone the opportunity to repent. And the truth is, although it's been 2,000 years since he gave us this story, no human being in any church everywhere has actually experienced 2,000 years of waiting and prayer. A few have had to face 100 years in prayer waiting for God. Many have had to face 70 years of delay. Most people in the world, less than that. We're aware intellectually of Christ's kingdom and his return, but when it comes to actually feeling the pain of all that waiting, each generation of the church has never suffered more than some part of one lifetime. Equal for everyone. So when his justice comes, suddenly, quickly, all the generations of faith will rise up from death and say, he's here. Amen. It didn't seem as long as I thought. At that moment, the scriptures ask us then, how will you be found? And we're not just talking about the return of Christ at the end of all things. We're talking about whenever his justice comes into this situation that you're praying about, whenever the fog is suddenly, quickly blown away and there is the works of God, where will you be found standing when the fog is burned away? Will you be at school sharing inappropriate texts with classmates? 
or praying for a chance to invite one of your friends to the clearing or high school ministry. Will you be found at work cheating the customers, cheating the company? Or will you be found praying that one of your coworkers might ask you about Christ Jesus so that you could tell them what he has done in your life? Will you be found reposting angry articles and writing rants? Or will you be found offering meaningful prayers for our nation, for this world, and taking part in ministries through the church that relieve, actually relieve the pain of the suffering? When his kingdom suddenly, quickly breaks in, will you be found praying for your family and for your friends? Will you be found praying God, praying that God will prepare your heart to love someone and that he is preparing someone's heart to love you and submitting that they did not let that meeting happen until both hearts are ready to serve him? Will you be found praying? God, my I'm powerless over my sin. My life has become unmanageable. But I believe that you have the power to restore me to sanity. And I submit to you to remove all my flaws of character. Whatever it is, will you be found in that moment in prayer? Because in that moment, God will fulfill every promise. And you will suddenly, quickly see the God who has loved you face to face. And you will suddenly, quickly know in an instant that he heard every prayer. And all of your persistence was worth it. Let us pray right now the prayer that Christ Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Always pray and never give up.